0: What a privilege it is to remember the sacrifice of Christ uh, through the observance of the Lord's Supper, an opportunity that we'll have this morning. Let me invite you to open the scriptures with me to the New Testament letter of 2 Timothy. And 2 Timothy, if you're using a uh, Pew Bible, I believe it's on page 963, but uh, in any event, found near the end of the completed uh, word of God. So this morning we are in... Second Timothy, a, a short letter written by Paul to young Pastor Timothy to encourage him in the faith and to encourage him to be faithful uh, as he carries out the ministry that has been entrusted to him. And As you know, throughout the, throughout the month of May, we've been uh, sort of all over the place. We've had some special uh, emphases throughout this month uh, on Sunday morning, and next week we'll be back in Mark's Gospel as we pick up. Uh, the life of, of Christ. But today we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses 8 and, and following. But as you know, tomorrow is Memorial Day, a federal holiday that uh, encourages and reminds us uh, to remember those who have given their lives serving our country. Faithful servants, courageous servants, and the Air Force, and the Marine Corps, the Army, the Navy, and the Coast Guard, and how appropriate it is for us to uh, acknowledge their service and to remember their sacrifice, for apart from them, we would not be the country we are today. We would not have many of uh, the freedoms that we enjoy today. So as citizens of this nation, and more importantly, as followers of Jesus, let's Remember, honor, and respect those who sacrifice and serve for our sake. Memorial Day reminds us of this. And in a similar way, Church Sunday reminds us of Jesus. Like the beeping in your car when you haven't buckled your seatbelt yet. Or like the kitchen oven timer going off when it's time to check the pizza. Sunday reminds us. Sunday reminds us of the most significant event in human history. That the Son of God gave his life on the cross for the sins of the world, but he did not stay dead. He was raised by the power of God. He is alive. And all of this, sacrifice of Jesus, displaying the love of God so that you and I could enjoy the greatest freedom of all. That is the freedom to know and enjoy God forever. Well, Paul writes to Timothy, and by uh, implication of being in the Scriptures, also writing to us, speaking to us, and reminds him uh, of this truth. He reminds him that he is called to remember, that we are called to remember Jesus Christ and the message about him. So as you find your place in 2 Timothy chapter 2, let me invite you to join me standing for the reading of God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'll specifically be uh, focusing in on verse 8, but I want to read verses 8 through 10 as we begin. So hear the word of the Lord. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And Father, we ask you now to guide us, to lead us as we desire, as we long to rightly understand the truths of your word and apply them to our lives as your people. Lead us, guide us now by your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, church, you may be seated. So as I said moments ago, uh, Memorial Day calls us to remember, calls us to remember those who have served us by serving uh, our country, to remember their sacrifice, to remember their service. Likewise, here in 2 Timothy chapter two verse eight, Paul writes to Timothy, and he calls upon Timothy to remember Jesus Christ, to remember Christ, uh, to remember is an important component. It's a, an important part of our spirituality, an important part of our faith. For as people, we are prone to forget, so we need such reminders. In fact, throughout the Scriptures, God calls upon His people to remember significant events. He calls them to remember the Passover and their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. He calls on His people to remember the giving of the law through Moses. He calls on His people to uh, remember the time when He led them across the Jordan River constructing an altar there so often the jews would remember uh, significant events as the lord instructed them through annual celebrations or festivals or even memorials that were established in specific geographical locations but right here in second timothy chapter 2 verse 8 the command is to do something ongoing remember jesus christ meaning keep on remembering jesus there's one translation that puts it. Keep your attention on Jesus. Don't forget Jesus. Don't forget the significance of who he is in your faith. And We don't remember Jesus in quite the same way that we remember soldiers who have sacrificed for our freedoms. For Jesus is alive and well today. He rules and reigns on high. Death did not defeat him. The grave could not hold him. He is alive. For by his power, God raised Jesus from the dead. Friends, by God's power, according to the scriptures, by God's power, Jesus was raised from the dead. Proving his his deity. Proving that he is God. This was predicted by Jesus himself before he died. This was promised by God the Father. This was planned by God from, from ages past. The grave did not defeat Jesus. He is not remembered as simply some historical figure who had a challenging message or who did some good things. No, Jesus is alive and well today. He is reigning on high and this Jesus will return. He will come again. His resurrection from the dead is the basis then for our resurrections. Both a spiritual resurrection, peace with God and new life in and through Jesus and a future physical resurrection. We'll be given new glorified bodies that will never hurt, that will never suffer, that will never experience hardship, that will be able to fully enjoy the presence of God. His resurrection is the basis of our hope. Paul says, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. And then he goes on, he says, descended from David. Whereas the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead emphasizes that he is divine, that he is God, that he is uh, is deity, his ancestral roots. The fact that he was descended from David emphasizes his humanity. Central component of our faith that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was fully God and fully man. By his power, God raised Jesus from the dead, and because God is faithful, God sent the promised Savior. Because God is faithful to his word, faithful to his promises, he sent the promised Savior. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. See, the New Testament authors are keen on their, their readers, recognizing that this Jesus is the one who was prophesied about in the Old Testament, that he is the, the promised descendant of David. The Old Testament is clear that the future Messiah, the coming Messiah would be one with a Davidic heritage. Perhaps the Jews didn't understand fully at the time what this Messiah would do, but but they knew a Messiah was coming. They knew a Savior was coming. And their hope was in the day of his arrival. The prophet Nathan goes to David, King David, king of Israel, and delivers a word from God recorded in Second Samuel chapter 7. And it says to David that his, his son, his offspring, would rule on his throne and that his kingdom would have no end. Like many Old Testament prophecies, I believe both a near immediate fulfillment in context and a future fulfillment, a near fulfillment. For David had a son, Solomon, who who ruled on his throne. And a further fulfillment for Jesus Christ, the ruler of the nations, was a descendant of David and his kingdom has no end. Paul and other New Testament writers want and Make sure that we recognize that Jesus is that Messiah. That He is the one raised from the dead, but He is also the one who is and who was the descendant from David. Romans chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 spell out this same truth. Verse 2, the gospel He promised, the gospel God promised beforehand through His prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding His Son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David. Because God is faithful, he sent the promised Savior just as he said. He planned to do this and he has fulfilled it. So the scriptures admonish and encourage us, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. Keep on remembering Jesus. Keep on remembering the significance of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the one who gave his life for your sins and for my sins, the one who has been raised by the power of God who rules and reigns on high, the one who will come again but this is not this is not all for Paul continues and says at the end of verse 80 he says, "This is my gospel he says this is my gospel in other words, it's personal to Paul Church, I think you've heard me say many times before that the gospel is a message to be believed and received. Essentially, Paul is saying, this is my gospel. This is the message that I have believed and the message I have received. And this is not simply some good news or some message for uh, what we might consider overly uh, spiritual people, people like Peter and Paul and Mother Teresa. No, this is a message that is for all of us. For in his goodness, God offers us, all of us, salvation. Church, in his goodness, God offers us salvation. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Is this your gospel? Is this the message that you have believed and received? Is this the basis of your hope as you travel through this life? You see, the gospel says, the scripture says that this Jesus Christ is significant because in Jesus, God took his own wrath against sin that you and I deserve because of our rebellion against him. And on the flip side, he extends to us the gift of forgiveness of sins and eternal life that we can never earn on our own. His grace, unmerited, unearned, Favor and kindness and mercy from God that gives us a different perspective than the rest of the world. It gives us an eternal hope. We long for the day, a future day, when suffering and sickness and hardship will be no more. When our faith becomes sight. But it's a hope that also impacts our present day living. Our present reality calling upon us to live for Christ and to remember Christ here and now. For remembering Jesus Christ provides hope that propels us to want to please Him. Church, remembering Jesus Christ provides a hope, a hope for us that propels us, that prods us, that encourages us, that exhorts us to want to please Him. I think that's a central message that's being conveyed here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Not just in these verses, but in the greater context of the letter. Yet even so... How often do we become consumed with the here and now? Consumed with tasks at hand, dreams and ambitions, sickness or suffering, things to do, people to love, that we forget about Jesus and His sacrifice for us. Let's guard against that. Remembering Jesus Christ provides hope that propels us to want to To please Him. So how do we do that? How do we remember Jesus Christ? I think there's a number of ways that we can participate in remembering Christ. The first of those is by gathering often. Church, let's be a people who who gather often as the church because we want to honor Him. If, If we don't long to honor God, then perhaps we don't understand the grace of God. Those who know God's grace want to please Him. And one of the ways that we please Him, one of the ways that we remember Him is that we come together as the church. Last week we saw from Scripture that the church is an assembly of a family, an assembly, a gathering of believers, a congregation of people who who follow Jesus Christ. As Memorial Day reminds us to remember those who have served us by serving our Nation Sunday reminds us, church, to gather as, as God's people. The author of Hebrews encourages us this way Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and following. Let us, let us believers, let us Christians hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. It's a reference to church, the gathered church. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That is the day of Christ's return. So how do we remember Jesus? We remember Him by gathering often as His people. And secondly, we can participate in remembering Him by regular participation in communion. By regular participation in communion or the Lord's Supper. As Baptists, we... Observe two ordinances based upon the commands of Christ. Baptism and communion of the Lord's Supper. And baptism being a, a visual uh, dis- demonstration of one's faith in Christ. A public profession of faith in Christ that says, I am a follower of Jesus. I identify with him and I have new life in him. The Lord's Supper is participatory remembrance of the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf that allows us to have communion with God. In fact, we get a window into the practices of the early church recorded in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We read these words They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The breaking of bread, a reference, clear reference to observing the Lord's Supper. For centuries, believers have come together to remember the sacrifice of Jesus by observing communion. And so this morning, church, we have opportunity to do just that together. In fact, we're going to pause now and have the chance to observe the Lord's Supper. So as our deacons who are serving come and uh, find their places at These tables, let me invite you, church, to prepare your hearts, prepare your minds. Spend a moment in prayer before God, confessing sin, fixing your gaze on the cross. Remind you that according to the Scriptures, communion or the Lord's Supper is, is something for believers. I believe something for all believers, regardless of whether or not you're a member of this local body, this local church or not. If you're a member of Family of God, if you are a follower of Jesus, then we invite you and encourage you to observe this morning. Occasionally here at Meadowbrook, we observe the elements in a slightly different way, and today's one of those occasions. So, in just a moment, I'm going to voice a prayer of confession. After I do, for the next four or five minutes, let me encourage you, as the Lord leads you, just to leave where you are, come to one of these tables to observe the elements, and then to return back to your seat. And as you come, you you come and observe the elements right here. Come and take the bread and eat the bread at the table. Drink the cup here at the table and then you can return back to your seat and continue in reflecting on the significance of the cross of Christ. So they know that if that's uncomfortable for you or uh, difficult for you, we will have a couple, de- couple deacons that will be glad to serve you where you are. So as you see them, if you'll just signal to them, they'll come and serve you. But let's bow in prayer, let's confess sin, and then you come. Let's participate in remembering Christ by coming to the table and taking the elements. Lord God, we praise you today. We acknowledge that there is none like you, that you are mighty over all, that you are just, that you are righteous, that you are holy, that you are perfect in every way, and and we are not. Left to ourselves, Lord, we are sinners who have rebelled against you, have, who have abandoned you, have run from you. And yet, even so, you have rescued us through Jesus. Well, through Jesus, you paid the price for our sin. You took the punishment we deserve so that in exchange, we could receive the righteousness of Christ, that we could be forgiven our sins and restored into right relationship with you, that we could have peace with you and live forever with you. Lord, we thank you for the cross today. Lead us now as we observe the elements. Lord, speak to us in this moment. Capture our hearts, capture our attention. Help us fix our eyes on Jesus. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. Well, church, as the Lord leads you, you come to the table. Well, church, what a privilege it is to remember the sacrifice of Jesus in this way, to observe together the elements uh, as the Lord has commanded us uh, in Scripture. So we're called upon to remember Jesus, and doing so uh, provides a hope in us that propels us to want to live for Him. So how else can we remember Jesus Christ? A couple other ways I want to share as we close this morning. Well, thirdly, by consuming the Word of God. We can remember uh, Jesus Christ, by consuming his word, by feeding on his word, by reading his word, by meditating on his word, by memorizing his word, by, by hearing his word. I hope I never forget the response of uh, my daughter just a few years ago when I asked her, what does the Bible say? And as I think of then three-year-old, she, she thought about that for a moment. She said, the Bible says Jesus Just what we would expect a church-going three-year-old to say, yet profound spiritual truth about God because this book, the Bible, the Scriptures, is a unified story of redemption that culminates in the cross of Jesus Christ leading to His resurrection from the dead, His triumphal uh, victory over death and sin and, and Satan for our sake. So, it's impossible for us to consume the Word of God and not remember Jesus Christ. In fact, remember what the Scriptures say about Jesus, the resurrected Jesus encountering two men on the road to Emmaus. And there in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, and beginning with Moses, a reference to the law, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets. Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. If we consume the word of God, we're going to remember and reflect on on Jesus as we are instructed in his word. So how do we remember Jesus? By gathering often, by regular participation in communion, by consuming the word of God, and by gospel-informed prayer. A gospel-informed prayer, God not only speaks to us, He invites us uh, to speak with Him, to converse with Him. What a joy, what a privilege it is to converse with the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the maker of heaven and earth, with God Most High. And certainly all of us are invited to approach God in in prayer, to lift our our voices, our words to Him in, in prayer. But once we respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, once we know this message, this message, these truths must impact the way we talk to God. Not only the way we talk about him, but the way we talk to him as his children, as his people, who know that we have peace with him through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then finally, we can participate in remembering Jesus Christ, church, by sharing the message. By sharing the message of the gospel. By speaking, by proclaiming the message of salvation by grace through faith in Christ to all those we encounter. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and he says, this is what I'm doing. He says, this is my gospel, verse 9, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. This is the message I believe. And though I am suffering, though I'm being persecuted because of my uh, continuous talk about Jesus, he says, but God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He says, even though I'm... I'm in hardship, even though I'm suffering. I'm going to continue sharing this message for the sake of those who do not yet know Christ. And, church, likewise, we're called to do the same. We're called to share the message. We're called to proclaim the gospel. We're called to tell others about this story, the story of Jesus. And as we share the story, not only are we evangelizing, we are reminding ourselves. Of the message we believe. Do you know the story? Friends do you know the savior? Do you know the central character of the story? For all those who know the story. Can identify with the words of Catherine Hankey. penned in 1866. Set to music. By William Fisher. A few short years later. Saying I love to tell the story. Of unseen things above. You know the hymn of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it is true. It satisfies my longings like nothing else can do. I love to tell the story. To be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Do you know the story? Let's remember Jesus Christ by telling the story. Father, lead us. Lord, as we respond to the truths of your word today, may your name be glorified in our lives. Lord, may our lives conform more and more to the character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word and the truths found in it. We thank you for uh, reason to celebrate, reason to gather, reason to come together as your people. To gather in your name, to remember the sacrifice of Jesus, your Son, our Savior. Lord, may we glorify his name now as we sing truths to and about him. Lead us to respond in a way that glorifies you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.